You're listening to the No Legacy Podcast, brought to you by No Legacy Ministries. For more information, go to nolegacy.org. Now here's your hosts, Bill and Travis. Hello, Bill. It is yet another day. <laughs> it is. It is. Kyle, how you doing over there? Good morning. Good morning. Fantastic. Good to hear from you guys. So, um, as always, thanks for checking out Known Legacy. This yes. is a little ministry that we yes, do. Yes, um, talking to guys about being bold in their faith, being bold in their life, being bold as husbands and fathers and businessmen in the world. And so, as always, um, if this is something you find uh, valuable, give us a review. We'd love that on uh, YouTube or Wherever you listen to this, it could be Facebook, it could be podcasts, wherever. Yeah, Spotify, and, uh, whatever it is, yeah. If you have any questions or comments, go to info at knownlegacy.org. If, dot you, org. if you want to make a donation, go to infonetlegacy.org. There you go. Fantastic. A <laughs> <laughs> little punch drunk today, aren't we? I am a little. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I've been drinking just black coffee, Oh, but I found myself really enjoying it and drinking a lot more black <laughs> coffee. <laughs> I love the coffee. Awesome. It's awesome. It's like amazing. It's like a. I love that somebody discovered this. Yes. Yeah. Dear Jesus, thank you for the pygmies <laughs> and the person who made coffee. Really? You're going to pygmies. Wow. Fantastic. And wow. we're canceled. So and we're thank out. you guys so much for checking us out. We're happy you're here. It was a welcome. It was a pleasure being here. All right. So, gentlemen, here's the question for the morning. Um, my boys all have hair that's been out of control. Turns out we haven't actually got them a haircut since the beginning of school. So it's a big parent fail on our part, right? Yeah. And uh, one of my kids is contemplating going to the mullet. And I just think, um, yeah, I, I don't know how you feel about the mullet. Business I, up front, <laughs> party, party in, in the back. back. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to know from you, what hair decision did you make oh. at one point in your life that you look back and you're like, man, that was just... That was a mistake. So I'll go first. Okay. So I got natural curly hair, and back in the day, I had a lot of it, and it was really, it wasn't like a, uh, a it was just a tighter curl, right? Like yeah. I had hair on my bangs that would go down to my chin, Ooh. but when I would let go, it would bounce back to a curl that would be just above my uh, eyes, right? Yeah, just yeah, above yeah, my yeah. eyes. So um, it was my sophomore year in high school, and I did the number one fade up to the top, and I let the top be long. But it, it didn't turn out to be like a, a mop top. Like pluck a seagull. Yeah, thing. kind of. And it, it, it did the, and unfortunately, it did the Bobby Brown where it was at oh an angle. Gosh. And so I had like nothing on the sides and then a complete Bobby Brown. And I am in Rockford, Illinois, and the whitest kid in the town with a Bobby <laughs> Brown Bobby haircut. <laughs> and that was for my pictures. So I go back to the yearbook and I look at this and I'm like... I'm an idiot. How did any girl want to date me my sophomore year? That's crazy. Because you look like Bobby Brown. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Bobby Brown. Didn't <laughs> sound like him. Didn't dance, didn't like, dance him, like him. And had none of the finances of him. But yes, my but hair. But yes, my hair was enough to <laughs> validate me. I think for me, um, there were a few times, man, there's some moments. So when I was younger... Uh, my my parents, I think, because I just let them cut whatever, you know, whatever. They did like this. My father did like this military brush cut, and me and my brother, it was like this, like, whoosh, and then flat on the top. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. I was like, and I think because it was easy, um, and I didn't really know any better. But then I look back and I'm like, what kind of foolish? I don't. It was crazy. I'm like, no wonder why. I traveled in large groups of one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Your wolf pack of one. My wolf pack of one. But the other one was when I went you into that. like the wolf pack? The wolf pack. You the remember wolf. my wolf pack? <laughs> you remember my wolf pack? We're going to do a blood brother uh, ritual later, oh by the way. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, well, keep going. The, the other thing was I had this, um, I was in this, like, metal phase. 
you know, like, everyone was. You know, and I dubbed the Unforgiven. You know what I'm saying? And so I, <laughs> I tried to like grow up my hair, but it just it, it eventually grew out. But there was that weird, awkward. Oh, yeah. Where like it was here and then it would just poof. And so it was like this big. Like, so I'd like walk around and I'm like. This this was my hair. Yeah. And and I thought I looked so cool at the time cuz I would cut under it and then it, but it would just poof. Yeah. That yeah. was it, man. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Kyle, what about you? Well, as a as a teen or adult, I I don't think I can recall any because I was so scared to do it. But as a kid, like 5 6, my mother thought my her father, my grandfather was a barber. Oh. <laughs> So oh, wait, wait, hold on. Let's <laughs> deconstruct that sentence. Yeah, real what quick. do you mean? My mother thought thought <laughs> he was a barber. His barber shop was in his basement. Okay, and he actually had a barber chair. Barber what, chair and taxidermy. <laughs> what he what he would do was get a bowl from the kitchen. Oh no! And put it on my head. No, he didn't. And then no, he didn't. cut it. And when I was like five or six, I didn't realize it. But by the time I was eight or nine, I'm like, oh, no. He Mom, would spin you no, around the chair. This, <laughs> this can't happen. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Bowl cut. That is hilarious. Well, oh, okay. So oh, if you're listening, post your, if you can, and I'm sure your wife has one, find a photo of you growing up with your worst haircut. And and throw that in the oh, comment yeah. section just so that we, we can take see joy. That. <laughs> we want to see that <laughs> embarrassment that you had. Tag us at Known Legacy <laughs> so we can share it with the world. Yes. Oh yes. my gosh, that's I'll, I'm gonna I gotta find one of mine. Oh. So you know, uh, and uh, but I will say that today um, is not devoid of handsome haircuts yes. with our with our with our guest today. And you know, um, we're so excited to have him on today. Uh, this guy, I've known him for years. The reason I w- uh, the reason that we invited him on. Man, his heart for Jesus and people is so powerful. Right. And, and man, he, he is a pastor in Midland, Texas. Uh, give it up for uh, Dustin Pierce, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're so glad to have you on the show. Y'all are crazy. Good and to for, see you guys. Good to be with you. For full transparency, when Dustin first got on, I looked at his hair, and for a minute, just a minute, not maybe a second, I thought he had a mullet. And I was I was a little excited. I was almost giddy. You were kind of giddy that a grown man is sporting the mullet, and I'm yeah. like, <gasps> and you're like, no, I just have long hair. It's nice. pretty. It's pretty decent. It's pretty decent. So, Dustin, let, let's ask hey, you that same question. It's, Go for it. Yeah, I was about to say at least it spurred the question of the day, right? Exactly, um, <laughs> man. You know what's funny? Relate to Kyle. I remember being. Um, Man, I was quite a bit older than him, unfortunately. Probably a freshman in high school, and uh, we we uh, I let my buddy put a bowl on my head and cut it that way. And no, no, not in high not school, so flattering. But, you know, we let it grow out on top, but then pulled it up and uh, shaved all the way underneath it, so we had the undercut going. Remember those? Days? Yes, yeah. yes. Those so are no, amazing. no poof on top like uh, like you, Travis, but uh, coming down long this way, but <laughs> undercut underneath. Okay, so then did you Yikes. pull it? Did you pull it back in the ponytail and, and look sport the the sweet old ponytail no. before it was a man bun? Throw on some Stone Temple Pilots and cruise the <laughs> no, street. No, we just just let it rock and uh, complete with a Charles Barkley jersey to my. Oh head, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Little, okay, I'm sorry. Hey, with a little Warren G in the background. 
Life yeah. in the 90s. Oh, man. <laughs> so, Dustin, oh, go for it. No, 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 no. That's it. Dustin, uh, share your story a little bit with our listeners. I mean, th- just share where you, right. you know, how, how you came to know Jesus and your passion for ministry. And, and you've got a really cool philosophy with your church. So kind of jump in there. Share your story a little bit with those who are, who, who are listening. Yeah, so pretty typical story uh, for most people that you'll hear out here in the Bible Belt. You know, grew up in church, born in a Christian home. Um, but... As I got older, it was pretty clear that there was nothing in my life that was connected to repentance or, or faith. It was, uh, I was connected to a building on a day of the week. So got into my uh, college years, really kind of lived the cliche guy story and, and the fraternity life and, you know, all the things um, that honestly, like, I don't even like to give it airplay because it's just it's so cliche, to be completely honest with you. Um, once I graduated college, uh, and I graduated a little bit later because I, again, messed around and was an idiot, so I probably wasn't until I was 24 that I graduated, uh, I decided that uh, I wanted to take my journalism degree and try my hand at broadcast journalism, so I oh. uh, moved to Abilene, Texas. Yeah. The home and of great broadcasters, at- Abilene, Texas. That is the birthplace <laughs> of the <laughs> Um, you know, but I mean, I did a lot of research and I knew this, I knew that if you wanted to get your start in television, you know, back before, uh, you know, anyone can be a star on YouTube, really, you had to go and grind it out at a small market TV station. Mm. So that's what I did. So I moved to Abilene and, uh, this is actually a crazy story. You guys ready for this? Yes. You guys yes. will, you'll probably this more than most, I think, uh, so the way I got my start, I, I was a video guy, and uh, I wanted to do sports. Sports casting was my that was my goal. But at first, they just said, "No, you're going to be the video guy. You're going to video other people talking on the news." So I'm doing that, uh, and then one day I get a call on a Sunday that the uh, sportscaster, the the guy who did the weekend sports news, got involved in an accident where uh, oh. he walked through house that was booby trapped and got shot in the leg i'm not making this up and uh got shot in the leg just because he walked in the wrong house at the wrong time uh on a probably in a neighborhood he shouldn't have been on so they they called me up and they said hey we had an accident can you come and do the the sports this weekend so i went in did the sports did my first broadcast that was like july of 06 and uh the guy got healed up and came back, and I stole his job, unfortunately. What? So, and, wow. This so is like Anchorman. You lived I, Anchorman. <laughs> but anyway, so started off doing that and, um, and then ended up moving to Midland, Texas to be the Monday through Friday sports guy. Wow. Yeah, that, so I didn't know any of that story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's fantastic. That sounds awesome. So a guy got shot in the leg. So, but he healed up. He's fine, right? <laughs> I, I shouldn't laugh at that. I laugh at, at your comment. I'm, I know. Yes. I'm, yes. yes. He, just did, he just didn't tell you it was his house. Exactly. <laughs> it was his. <laughs> he was coming over for a barbecue at my place. Exactly. <laughs> Little did he know I had it booby trapped just in case. Hey, man. Dustin is going to get this job <laughs> somehow. Awesome. 
so uh, the flesh knows no limits, right? Exactly, <laughs> right? Oh, gosh. Okay, so then you're, so 06, you started there. And so then you became, because yeah. that's, I think, when I first saw it. Was that Channel 2? Yeah, so, but actually, before I moved to Channel 2, which is in Midland, you know, when I was in Abilene, is really kind of when I had my just rock bottom moment, if you will. I mean, I remember one day just waking up feeling a little more empty than normal. You know, because I, I joked about the guy getting hurt, and that, that was a tragic thing. It was strange. But that really kind of catapulted me into this limelight, so to speak. And things career-wise were going really good. I mean, I was mm. advancing a career. Um, like, I was kind of on the fast track. They were really taking a lot of interest in me. I was getting a lot of really cool opportunities. But I just remember that morning feeling just empty, like something was missing. Um, it wasn't for a lack of friends or the opposite sex or anything like that. I was just empty. And so the only thing I knew to do, you know, I, I grew up in the church. So I, I remember just going and grabbing a Bible that was in my room. And um, I came to a verse uh, that, you know, most of us know that we probably memorized when we were kids. It said, uh, you know, what good is it for a man to gain, gain the world and forfeit his soul? Ooh. And uh, that pierced the depths of me. I, yeah. I was that that jacked me up. And, and I had a friend who he had given his life to Christ earlier in the year, and he was different. He, he, it wasn't lip service, like he had been, he had been changed. And I, I texted him that verse and he calls me immediately. And uh, it wasn't long uh, on that phone call that he just challenged me, man. Talk about, I know your whole season is about being bold. This dude was bold with me. He goes, hey man, I think you've spent your whole life going to a building, sitting in a pew, uh, you know, doing the motions, but I don't think you've ever repented and placed your faith in Jesus Christ. And then he wow. wow, that's awesome. And I think my first response was, you blankety blank. And I let him have it, you know, I was pissed. And, uh, but it, it was right. And it was on that day, it was November 1st, 2007, a little further into the phone call, I hit my knees in a driveway, Abilene, Texas. 2726 Simmons Street. That's where I was. And I said, Jesus, I have no clue what this dude is talking about. But I just know that I'm empty and I don't want to service with him. And mm. uh, I said, do what you got to do, <laughs> essentially, is what I said. Wow. Um, and it was, you know, it was about, uh, it was later, later that next year that I moved to Midland. And that's when God really began to get a hold of my heart. And uh, I mean, I believe on that day, you know, I, I, I was saved and filled with the spirit, but it was, it was the sanctification process really. It's a journey. Yeah. Later when I was in Midland, I got in the community and uh, yeah, I, mean, I ended that's, up leaving my TV job to go into ministry. Yeah, that's no, that's awesome. And so that, and then you were on staff at Stonegate with me. I mean, we, we were there together for years. Um, but then I, I noticed that, and then again, there was great ministry that happened there. But something changed in your heart with um, your desire in, in church, I believe. And so share a little bit about that transition from Stonegate, which, I mean, a great church, you know what I'm saying? But it was, we're talking mega church, bigger church. But to, to this new paradigm that you're in, can you share a little bit about that and what God was doing to lead your heart to that? Yeah, absolutely. So... You know, I was on staff at Stonegate for 10 years. 
love that place. Like that's the church that discipled me, put me through seminary, uh, gave me so many opportunities, took care of my family, just really, really blessed us. Um, but you know, other than the church that I grew up in, that I didn't even know Jesus in, Stonegate's really the only church I've ever known. And um, you know, as you alluded to, Bill, it's a large, it's a, it's a mega church. And so I remember it was about 2018, and uh, just this again, not an empty feeling like uh, pre-Jesus, but just this feeling, kind of like, what are we doing? Uh, mm. Not an indictment on on Stonegate at all. Because again, amazing church, amazing leaders, good godly people there. Truly love the Lord. But it was more like maybe like fingers were at me. Like, what are, what are you doing, man? Like, what what is going on? And I felt like I I had spent the better part of you know the last few years begging people to show up and and sit in a building. And um, I just, I wasn't seeing a lot of fruit. I mean, people had come to Christ. We were baptizing people by the dozens. We had a huge church camp where we were taking a thousand plus kids. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there was definitely, there was definitely some motion. Um, but, I, but I was questioning maybe, um, some, maybe my heart, some of my motivation, some of my intention. Um, and so I look back on it now and I see that that was kind of the beginning. And then you fast forward to COVID. And, uh, you know, once we kind of got, you know, put on time out there for the that's when I really began to seek the Lord, prayer, fasting, asking him, like, man, what do you <laughs> what do you want? Because I'm just sensing that I'm not in the right place anymore. And uh, it was really like in that time of, uh, you know, being put into hibernation and being on pods that I, I really sensed I was kind of being released from Stonegate. And um, uh, we, what we believe the Lord was calling us to was it's not not in a move out of angst or not a move out of, um, you know, we're going to go do it better now. Not none of that at all. Very pure heart. But was, hey, man, we want to take the emphasis off of performance, production, personality and put the emphasis back on following the Jesus of the Bible. And so really what, what we started is we. We were sent out with the blessing and the, uh, you know, with the elders saying, hey, man, go like we're going to bless you in this and even help resource you a little bit to kind of start what probably most people would, would deem house church. I mean, it's what, what we're trying to do is we're trying to multiply house churches. We're trying to hold people accountable for making disciples and really put the emphasis on the smaller rather than the larger. But once a month, we do all together. And uh, you know, celebrate what God is doing, and uh, meet together in a larger community. That's really the heart of of where we're at. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. And I think you are a part of a movement that God is kind of stirring throughout the nation. Um, there's a, a phrase that's starting to be used quite a bit. is called micro church, and it's the idea right. of how do we intensify our community so that as the world continues to devolve into darkness we have a brotherhood uh, some battle buddies you might say some battle families that are praying for us with us and uh, are going into this mission field and it's it's a small gathering of people and so I, i commend you on that and i think there's a lot of value to that so as as you've had a chance to dive into deep community with these families and i'm thinking particularly the dads and the men that are in these communities what are you realizing? What are you seeing that this community is giving to them that maybe a, a more North American traditional approach to just rolling in on Sunday morning, sitting down, being entertained, 
not bad. Some churches do it exceptionally well yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in receiving exactly. where it, you got to be in the trenches with each other. What are you noticing with the hearts of guys as you have that, that conversation and have that connection with them? A lot of men think they want to cling to anonymity. And once you strip the anonymity away, they realize they weren't designed for anonymity. And I think at the heart of it, what I'm seeing from a lot of men is they're realizing that the, the role of the church is not just to feed them, it's to equip them to feed their families. Yes, bro. That was worth the entire podcast right there. <laughs> you, We're like, oh my gosh, Billy. Just Billy. I just called you Billy. You I never called, called me you Billy. Billy. He just I think it was Billy Ray Cyrus with yeah. the hair. <laughs> he just had a conniption. Like he's over there, like dancing. Almost. It was fantastic. So, but I think you're right. That's exactly <laughs> it. Like, like men want to be known, but we've put this front that they don't need to be, or that that's not the most valuable thing. But I know that even the three of us, when we have conversation, you know, the, uh, the uh, us guys here, man, to connect is like refreshing, right? And you're like, right. no, you're freeing. You're, you know what right. I'm saying, Kyle? Are you feeling that? Absolutely. And so, so I love that you just said that. I think that is it. Are you seeing guys more empowered and and I'll I'll use the word willing, willing to be a part of ministry because of this model? Yeah. Again. And one thing I'm always very upfront with is, man, it's not perfect. If anything, it's a lot more messy and it's harder. Yeah, yeah, yep, <laughs> yep. When the, when the emphasis is on, you know, relationships and meeting in smaller community and you're not putting an emphasis on production and performance, like it's harder. It really is. But here's what I've seen. Men want to be a part of something more. Yes. And I've seen that when you take the emphasis off of, hey, come and sit, and you put the emphasis on go and make, something switches, especially inside of not just a man's head, but I think in his soul and his heart. And um, the biggest thing that I've seen, I've seen two things. One, we try to take the, the emphasis off of, hey, man, don't just invite people to come to church with you. Like, that's not bad. But maybe what we could try it is what if you try to invest instead of invite? invest in the people that God's already preparing around you. So, hey, when you're at the gym, hey, when you're at jiu-jitsu, hey, when you're at, when you're hunting, when you're doing these things, who is God already preparing? What spiritual conversations can you begin? How can you begin to, to walk with people? And so I, I've seen a lot of guys come alive from that. And I've seen men come alive from, you know, kind of taking the program, some of the programmatic stuff out and saying, hey, don't worry about the parking lot making coffee or even going in and, and helping with the youth. What if we do this? Let's start with your home, okay? Let's start with you praying for and with your wife. Let's start with, yeah. you with your kids. Let's, let's take that Bible. Let's open it up. The passage we're reading on Sunday. Let's start all week by reading that with your family, talking about it. Mm. And if you guys want to see together, you guys want to do whatever together, that's great. Let's put the emphasis on your family and let that stream out. Let's put the emphasis on you walking with other men. And that's where I've seen guys come alive. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Well, no, it, it, you just, the thoughts are going through my mind of like empowering these men and like really getting into it. And I, I just, I love the idea. There's so many thoughts running through my brain, but just the, the way in which you've put it on them and the value of that. Because do you find, okay, if you had to, and this is demographics in my brain, but does this really speak to the heart of guys who have been in church? Or are you are you finding like new believers with this? Or are you finding guys who are like yeah, I've been in this for thirty years and I question. and you know what I'm saying like so? What are you finding in that? Who are you who do you seem 
how do I put this? Who does it resonate most with, or is it everybody? You know, that's a really great question, Bill, because um, two examples. Got a, a guy named Trey. Uh, literally, he grew up in Odessa, Texas. Knew nothing about Jesus. He said the only time he ever was exposed to Christ was when um, something happened with his parents and he had to had to go like intentionally to some summer camp where they, they read the Bible and stuff. But he, he had never hurt really done much with Jesus, had been exposed to Jesus. So uh, some of our people from our church met him at the gym. Uh, we invited him to read the Bible rather than, hey, man, come and sit with us in, in our place where we gather. Hey, what if we just met together at this coffee shop and read the Bible? That's where we started with him. He surrendered his life to Jesus by reading about Jesus in the Gospel of Mark. And um, and so this now is all he knows. <laughs> so when, when he sees other maybe more traditional expressions, it's almost like, man, they do this every week kind of a thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but th- there's other people like, I mean, I've, I've got a friend named Marcus that uh, grown up in the church. He would tell you that he came to saving faith at a young age. And it was genuine. It was childlike faith, according to the scripture. However, he really felt like he was just becoming stagnant. He was just sitting like he wanted, you know, it's kind of the age old wanted to take the hill. Like I'm, I'm made for more than this. And so this idea of um, living out your faith in the day to day stuff of life, like I'm going to make disciples and take Jesus' great commission seriously. That resonated with him. And then I've got older men. I've got a guy who has been a, a follower of Jesus for 60 years who finally came to this place where he was like, man, I just, I, I'm, God's not finished with me yet. I think that's yep. the way he would word it. And then he would say, and I don't want to finish my time. He's doing what I've always done. And so uh. I think it's kind of, kind of hit the different sectors of life. But don't get me wrong, guys. This is not perfect. I've had no start this and go, no, nah, I'm good, man. I'm going to go back to where we came from. Yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. not going to say we've got it figured out. Like, if anything, we're in exploration mode, but the Lord is using it and I've seen it right for me. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so there's a guy driving around, he's listening to this podcast, and he's, you know, maybe he's found himself in the same position you were, where there's a history of church but he realizes something's missing, something's not quite right. Maybe he's not uh, engaging in any yeah. moral failings or anything, but he just he's empty on just some bored, level. Yeah. Bored is yeah. probably a better way. There's a lot of bored men in our, in our lives until the crisis hits, and then they don't know what to do. Yeah. So what would you say specifically to a guy who's driving around, finding he's bored with life, bored with his calling, bored with whatever's going on? What would you say to that guy? Man, I would ask him if there's another man in his life in whom he can invest. Because what I'm seeing is so many men are bored because they've, they've really done three things. They've, cl- they've clung to comfort in their, in their walk with Jesus most of their life. They've clung to convenience or they've clung to some sort of control. Like I can control how much I do, how much I don't do. And, and man, I would ask him one are, are you are you in the word of God and, and are there people with who you can read it? And then really there's two things out of that. You can't just read the word. You're reading it with someone else. Are you obeying it and are you sharing it? Like to mm. me, those are talks and discipleship. I mean, it really is, doesn't yeah. get much more uh, convoluted than that. It's like, okay, am I, am I reading the word and I'm actually trying to do what it says? And this isn't, 
you know, some sort of earning or performance-based thing. This is no. by God's grace. I'm going to put what I read into action. But then am I going to begin to have conversations with people about it? Am I going to share, hey, man, I, I, I read this morning this passage in First Peter. And let me tell you what God showed me in that. Hey, I read this this morning in First Peter. I was so challenged by this. Hey, I read this in First Peter this morning. I didn't even know this was in the Bible. Let right. me share this with you. This is wild stuff here. And so what, what we teach people to do is, man, is there someone in your life that, that you're doing life with? We, we call it an oikos, which is just a Greek word for household, sphere of influence. Is there someone in your oikos where you do life, where you guys could just begin reading the Bible together? And, and there's, there's kind of four questions that we use when we discuss scripture. What is it teaching you about God? What is it teaching you about people? What do I need to do in light of what I read? Who can I share it with? And, and so, Travis, yeah. to answer your question, I would challenge someone who's bored, start reading the Bible with someone else and applying it to your life. Begin investing. Yeah, in the yeah, yeah. What I would say. I that's love it. Where, that's what I've seen men grab the most freedom and begin to work. Well, I can't imagine why you're successful at what God's uniquely no, called. No, he's pretty much not. Yeah. He has no I mean, energy and he sucks like at this. You should probably spend more time really boring down and, and figuring this thing out, you know. Well, um, I, I, I love your three C's, by the way, and your two things, not just listening to it and obeying it, but also being willing to share it. And I think that's a piece that often is missing within our culture. Yeah. It's not an evangelistic sharing, like on the street corner, got to yell it at people. Yeah, not like guilt-ridden, it, like I got to right, do this. Right. And, like, and I would say, guys, if, if you don't have a, a battle brother, Maybe that's something you need to work towards. Start to find a guy of peace that you could invest in and see if there's some similar heart there. But if not, don't wait. Don't wait for that yeah, battle. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's maybe your wife has been longing for you to engage there in this conversation is. and engage in this kind of yeah. journey. And and what the morning would be like different if the conversation wasn't just about the calendar and getting the kids to A, B, C, and sports. Yeah. But it was like, hey, I read this this morning. What do you think? Yeah. That might change your marriage in ways <laughs> oh, that you dude. could never even imagine. Yeah. yeah, change the world. I love it because because you you kept saying it's messy, and I'm like, I I love that because it's supposed to be, and yes. I love that. It, the, the, right. But what what I heard from you say is like success isn't a timeline, and people are worth the wait. And so the problem in our in our right. culture is like find your three or find your six, and then in six months find one. Like no no no, find your one, and let it take the time that it needs. Right. And you're and you're right. successful. And I, and I love that heart from you, man. So, yeah, we, we need to get you back on here. So, Absolutely. so b- before we, we before we go to the fast five, I wanted to to say, man, if you're in Odessa or or, or Midland, Texas or anywhere near there, Dustin, how can they get a hold of you yeah. to be a part of your right. community? What is what is the action right. points that we can give to them? Where can they go to online or an email or something like that? Mm-hmm. Well, the name of our church is Advance Church. And uh, you can go to advancedthe.church. That's our website. Or email me, Dustin, at advancedthe.church. And it's advanced. And sometimes people will call it advanced. And I'm like, bro, we're not saying we got church figured out. We're the advanced version. And y'all we're the advanced that. version. <laughs> we're the AP oh version God. of church. Exactly. D-V-A-N-C-E. <laughs> And because at the end of the day, man, that, that's a heart. Like, we do not have it figured out. I love traditional church and what they, they did for me, for yeah. my family. Right. Man, we want to advance the kingdom of God. We want to partner in what God is doing. We want to join him where, where he's working. And we want to see the kingdom advance. And we want to see people advancing there. 
Awesome. Well, we will have, and, and we will have that link provided on this podcast, so you can go to the go to the podcast notes, and we'll 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 have the church website up there available for you to click as so well. So after you share your photo of the embarrassing haircut of when you were young, go to the link. Go to the link. And find out more information out about what that. Dustin's all about. Dustin, this has been awesome. Thank you, brother. So encouraging. And before we Thank finish, you, you man, we are we got a little our little segment called Fast Five. Oh. And so with that fast five, so man, cheesy. It is, <laughs> it's so cheesy. It is amazing. It is like dad jokes <laughs> in a sound. I love so, it. So, so Dustin, let's, let's go through this really quick. It, what would you have for your last meal? Tacos from Martinez Bakery here in Midland, Texas. Martinez is a really good bakery. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I can see the drool coming out of the corner It's on of your the mouth. other. It's, on the, oh it's the one on the God. other side of the track. Is it, is it right on? It's right before yes. the tracks. Right, yeah, it's on right, his right side. there on Florida Street. Yes. Oh, balling, man. Oh, Trace. They have really good Trace Leche's cake, too, don't they? Yes. Yes, they do. You, All need, right, you so. need to put a link to that. <laughs> we gotta put a link to them. That's life changing as much, and they're they're gonna make you messy too. Just so you know. So what what we need to do? Yeah. I, I would propose that we need to do a road trip for a known legacy. Yeah. Head out to Midland, yes. connect with you, yes. Dustin, do an in person yes. and Let's eat some it. baller tacos in person oh. on the. <laughs> you know, oh, I think that's I, I think that's what worship tastes like. It's <laughs> Martinez tacos. So anyway, okay, good. So okay, you're on a stranded island. What's one album or musician you'd want to listen to forever? Man, I, I'm I'm probably being a product of the '90s. I'm probably still on that Dave Matthews band. Track. Yes, yes, that's what I said. You know? <laughs> that is awesome. I, I, I've, I've got a little bit of like early John Mayer in me too. Yes, not, not newer stuff, but yeah. Uh, but Roofers Dave, where things continuum. I can listen to that all day, every day. Jack Jackson, <sighs> all that stuff. Yeah, Jack Johnson, absolutely. Yep. I mean, there's yeah. just so many good. I mean, there's so many albums with Dave too. But okay, that's all another podcast. That's a whole other podcast. Okay, what is, your, what is your guilty pleasure? Dave Matthews. Yeah, I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Man, honestly, and and I don't. I guess it's only guilty because I I think about doing it all the time. I like I love jujitsu. And you, you That's saw good. Me, Bill. I'm on a plane watching jujitsu videos. Is. We were next to each other in a plane. He's like watching videos. Yeah. And you're taking I mean, notes. I was like, bro, I'm not I even that, that committed to my kids. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love the fact that I'm a 40-year-old man and I get to still do competitive things. Like, yeah. it, it's just a lot of fun. And my wife thinks I spend – what did she tell me the other day? That the lens through which you look at everything and i'm just like well, <laughs> it's kind of fun you know but nah, i love i love it's, it's like jesus meets mr miyagi you know what i'm saying like <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man all right so, i think nope. you need to copyright that and okay. turn that into exactly. a movie exactly i need to yeah all right um what is one word your wife would use to describe you uh dramatic mm. okay that's okay. I get that. Yeah. My wife, yeah, I get that. My wife would probably use the same word on me. So. I, I have a tendency to, uh, you know, embellish the small thing. But, you know, it's all good. Flare for life. Flare for life. That's it. There you go. <laughs> I wish there was some sparkles like flare for life. So, all right. Uh, number five, how do you want to be remembered when you die? You know, in my, in my Bible, I actually wrote that uh, right here in the front. I said, put this on my tombstone. Here is a man sent by God to point people to Jesus. 
he was effective because he'd forgotten himself in the service of his queen. <sighs> Dude, that's good. That's good. I got nothing. That's fantastic. That's solid. <laughs> There's no joke there. That's just straight legit, man. If it, if if that could be written on all of our tombstones, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, it's solid. Okay, one more. One more. Bonus question. What biblical character would you want to have lunch with? Not Jesus. Yeah. You know, I went to um, I went to Ananias in Acts 9. I mean, this is the guy that discipled Paul. Yeah. So I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. You know, the Lord yeah. shows up in a bit. Hey, go and pray over this dude. And, uh, and then you spend some time with them in Damascus and disciple them. I want to know how that went down. Because after that, Paul, Paul took off, you know. So I'd probably say Ananias. That's solid. No one's ever said Ananias. I know. That's a deep dive. Because you think about that, like, he was the one who started it all. Like, if he wasn't faithful. And he was reluctant. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I don't want to do this. It's like, like, hey, Dustin, I need you to go talk to Osama bin Laden. Yeah. (laughs) Today, he just got saved. He literally says, I've heard from many people about this man, how much harm he's done to your saints. He has the authority to arrest everyone. And the Lord says, go, this man's my chosen instrument. And he went. Golly, love it. I'm going. Baller, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Dustin, this has been awesome. Thank you, brother. Um, it resonates with the heart of known Thanks, legacy guys. In, us, in us guys. And, uh, man, we are so excited. Guys, you are made for more. Uh, there's so much. I love it. And you are made for more than you. <laughs> ah, there you hey, go. Uh, update us real quick. Uh, do a shameless plug on you and the yeah. audio book coming out. Yeah, so by the time this, this comes out, the audio book should be out unless by some crazy thing. But you, you can pick up the, the physical copy at Amazon. Uh, you can go to morethanyoubook.com and pick it up. Uh, and then uh, it's also on iBooks as an ebook and things like that. So you can check it out. It's on a bunch of different sites. But check that out today uh, if you want to go go pick that up. But, man, it, it resonates with the heart of what Dustin just said about men coming alive yep. and being made for more. And that audiobook hopefully will be out by the time you get here, which will also be available on morethanyoubook.com. So, as always, if you guys find this uh, a blessing to you, by all means, if you want to, give us a rating. Uh, subscribe. Give us a yeah. like. And uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, uh, wherever you find us, knownlegacy.org. And uh, we'd love to hear from you at info.nonlegacy.org. Thank you very much. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week. (laughs) Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Known Legacy Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So email us your questions or comments to info.nonlegacy.org.